Today's gospel reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word come to be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Emery. Um, so glad you can make it this morning to celebrate or this evening instead. 6.30, Daniel. It's 6.30. Well, I, I knew it. I was just joking. I didn't, yes. I was so glad you can make it uh, this evening. Uh, we give thanks to the Lord that the weather was cooperative. Uh, in the last couple of days, I'm beginning to wonder if we're going to make it to Sunday. Uh, but thank God for this moment. And um, again, tomorrow there will be no service here. And uh, we just uh, want you to just enjoy a great family-centered Christmas uh, uh, again this year. And may God be with you. So what are we talking about, Joel, this morning? Daniel, I have a question for you. Yeah? What did the wise men say after they offered up the gifts of gold and frankincense? They said, wait, there's myrrh. Thank you. But I think that's actually the question that, that we're asking. This is the, the question of our age. Is there more? We, we've made so many advancements. Technology has come so far. Medical treatments have come so far. The best ideas and, and, and the, the, the best collaboration and cooperation have come together in so many significant ways to achieve so many significant things. And yet, likely on, on your way to church this evening, you witness homelessness in the streets. Mm. Uh, you have been telling us a little bit about what's happening in your home country, yeah. Burkina Faso. Yeah, loss of uh, the war, terrorism, 80% of the country is lost to uh, hostile forces and jihadists uh, taking people some out of our schools and our orphanages and bringing them to the mosque. And, and you can't do it. So Sunday morning services change um, because of uh, the presence of so many animosity and, and, and just hatred, really, for the faith. And uh, like a lot of people here, we have Ukrainian ancestry. My grandfather was a Ukrainian immigrant mm -hmm. and just mindful of, of, the, of the war that persists there, uh, that mm. long-lost cousins and relatives 
that we never knew are gone and their futures are different. So in spite of all of the incredible things humanity has managed to achieve, mm. it's like we're still in a tug of, war, tug of war with the worst parts of ourselves. Yeah. And so the question is fair. Is there more? Wow. Is there more? When there's so much injustice and uh, vitriol in our political circle and in our economy, there is so much disasters being predicted and it seems like everything is going to collapse. And we, you wonder if whatever you've saved for your children is going to be there. And whatever you've spared, sacrificially, it seems like uh, uh, something just come in the night and trying to steal. It seems like, like somewhere it says in scripture, the enemy come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we're seeing a loss of these certainly happening. Enough for people to be driven into despair if they're not careful. And at the same time as we can be driven towards this despair, we opened up this service tonight mm -hmm. with these, these words that are maybe one of the boldest declarations in all of human history. Joy into the world. The Lord has come. Mm. That, that uh, for all the darkness that exists in our world, there is something out from out there beyond us that is penetrated into our world that will bring it joy. But that is, does seem to be so counter-narrative. Because if you look at the world and you hear what we just said, you feel like what, what happened in the time of Daniel, you know, when Babylon, when the hand from the angel wrote, many, many tekel uparsen, meaning you have been measured, you've been weighed, and you've been found wanting. Somebody, some people will tend to see, when you look at our world, to say that our days are numbered, many, many tekel person you can't repeat it i know uh, but it, it is a mouthful but you have been way you've been measured it seemed like our world has been way in the balance measured somehow and found wanting and yet we began singing joy to the world and I, I think both of these things are true simultaneously that we have been weighed and found wanting mm. the solutions don't come from within mm. that that we actually need invasion from another world into our own. And, and th that's the only way that, that well, light it, will come. I, don't, I think the way you're putting it kind of scary, it seems like you're suggesting that we need aliens to invade Bear with Earth so that we can actually make it. Me. I don't think it's culture. I think it's not a gospel. Somebody <laughs> is like, it's not. <laughs> it, it seems that the answer mm to everything that terrifies and terrorizes us, everything that diminishes us, everything that causes us despair, everything that weakens us and worries us, is answered in a baby. Hmm, that's the interesting. Most powerful, the most high, the, the, the God of all creation, the God who wears royal robes in heaven's throne room entered the earth to wear diapers. The, the one who receives the angel's praises and all of glory comes to the earth to cry out for his own mother. And it seems that the most vulnerable is now our greatest and only real hope. Hmm. These are song. It goes like, Oh, many, da, 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 yeah, I know da, that one. 
The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. In this, the answer is not in the wind. It's not in the wind blowing. And that the, the answer is in what you said, the incarnation, that sense of in ancient religion, in ancient rhythm, in ancient Israel, the sense of heaven looking to earth with great favor and heaven sending an emissary, emissary an ambassador uh, uh, to visit earth. But actually, the, in the scripture we read, it's like God decided to send his son uh, himself to come and take on the human form in order to redeem. It, it really is that in order to redeem all of creation, not just the, the world, the earth, but everything beyond it, the most high has become the most low. The most powerful has become the most vulnerable. But just, just slow down here. The, usually, most men and women, they want to become, to become better, the, the better version of themselves. They don't lower themselves. They try to become more like God. They try to build the Babel, the Tower of Babel, to reach God. And this seemed to be the reverse here. Yeah, it, it, so often our temptation is to believe my life will be better when I get my act together, when I finish my degree, when I get the job, when I make the money, when I drive the car, have the house, have the wife, have the husband, whatever it is, the kids, the, the white picket fence, whatever the, 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 the thing it is that we've, we've made uh, our teleos, our, our, our end goal, our perfection, and somehow, it's inverted completely. Yeah, and again, a dimension of it is like we think that perfectioning humanity, becoming a human self, is to escape it. And people will say, I want to be like an angel. I want to get, I want to get out of the earth yes. into the spiritual. You want to get them to be other world, other thing, and to, to deify, to become a spirit flowing somehow in the wind. And that heaven's answer, I wonder if it's a rebuke of our human philosophy and our human understanding of progress and the sense of continually trying to perfect ourselves and that God said, no, that's not how you make it to heaven. You don't do that. In that heaven... Instead, had, the prayer is, may your kingdom come. come. Let it be on earth as it is in, in heaven. heaven. And I, and I wonder if that's resonating with you as you sit on and this pews and this, this Christmas Eve and where we behold and tell the story of Jesus coming like a baby, taking the most vulnerable form in order to redeem humanity. I, I think this is really how we measure greatness. Uh, we have a, a, a misconception that, that the most powerful are the most elite, the most untouchable. And yet we know this isn't true. Uh, we would never measure a greatness, the greatness of a father by how distant he was from his kids. Mm. Instead, a, a father's greatness, we would all agree, is measured by how low he will get to be with them. Mm. Will he climb on the floor? Uh, I was talking to a friend this past week, and his, his oldest is 11 years old now, and he remembers when his, when his first son was born. And, mm. and his dad, who had five kids, uh, tried to pick up his child and hold him and had no idea what to do. 
and, and he was asking for help and guidance. And, and my friend said, like, what is wrong with you? You had five children. And it, it, what, what they were noticing was, was the evolution of, of fatherhood in just the last couple generations, that mm. fathers are becoming more engaged and more engaged. And I really believe it's, it, it's reflective of this incarnational way that, that God, rather than demanding we rise up to his, his level, he stooped down to ours. Mm. And that is where our hope lies. And there's something about the incarnational nature of it that is... If you want to reach out, when you look at a baby, you talk about babies. It's amazing. One of the, the most incredible thing to do is to watch big human, big people, like grown-up people. When they see a baby, suddenly something changes. They're like, and they're like, they're making these crazy noises. And I say, what's wrong with you? Like, how come you don't talk? Oh, what's going on? Suddenly they're talking like, hello, cute babies. And that's going on, baby. And I say like, what the, I like, just try to watch people, grown-up people, but it seems like that's, there's something about us, about our frame, that is meant to incarnate, to lower ourselves, to stoop down. And there's something about the world that is lost. Unless you stoop down, you can't redeem it. This is it. The, the, often... Uh, we look at the people in power, the kings and queens in their palaces, and, and, and the ones uh, who have who've risen up to the great levels. And what the incarnation tells us, the, the baby born in the, in, in the manger in Bethlehem, is that God is with the weak and the lowly. God is with the most vulnerable. God left heaven, the heights of heaven, to get as low as he had to to bring us up from the very depths of all of our worry and despair and our hopelessness. Yeah, and in, in, in many ways, that this works with Jesus' message. When you do it to the least of these, you're doing it to me. He's saying the least of these mean the poor, the weary, the, the, street, the, the homeless, the people who are thirsty and hungry. And he said, whenever you feed the hungry, you're feeding me. When you give out to drink to somebody who is thirsty like me, you're giving it to me, Jesus said. But there's a sense that Jesus identify himself, not with the strong of the world, not with the powerful, boisterous, thunderous, powerful human being and and countries and dominions, but he identified with the lowly, the weak, and the sick, yeah. and the prisoner. The, the heresy that our culture propagates around Christmas is that there is a jolly fat man dressed in red, soaring through the skies, mm. ready to bring gifts to the world's girls and boys. But there is a catch. You have to be good. You have to be good. There is a nice list and a naughty list. And Daniel, as a pastor, I have access to that list, and I know you are not on the nice list. I checked. <laughs> but the, this is the message of the world. Christmas comes for the nice ones. And yet the promise of the gospel, Romans chapter 5, is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died, died. for us. Yeah. The promise of Christmas is while we were yet naughty, mm. Christ came born lowly in the manger. Hmm. I need that. Isn't that great? That if you are a sinner, I know Joel is, and if you are, like, you, you, if you are, count yourself saying, I am not performing high enough. I don't have it together. If you, I'm not, I don't have my act together. I still am struggling. 
I'm still in that. You know, I'm struggling to get it all together. I'm still, I'm fractured. I'm not whole. I'm broken. And Jesus died for you when you were still fractured. I don't, you don't need to have it all together. You don't need to have it all fixed up before you see him. Jesus always loved to come to the broken. And his presence and his power restores our humanity to its wholeness and he, its pre-fall dynamic. This is the, the shape of the gospel message. The, the, uh, Mary the, is, is called the most blessed one. She's the highly favored one. Mary is some, somehow, for some reason, has been chosen by God for this once in, in a creation mission. And the angel comes to her and says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to mm. call him Jesus. And he will be great. Okay, we call the son of the, of, of the most high. And, and the Lord will give him the throne of David. And this, these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful promises. And she says, how will this be? I am a virgin. And she's challenging the angel's understanding of procreation. And, and she gets yeah. it. And he doesn't seem to. I get but it. She is supposed to be this most blessed one. Highly favored, and yet if she if she enters into this, probably for the rest of her life she'll be considered the opposite. In in this really religious, uh, really traditional, uh, really holiness oriented culture where where you know the, the 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 clean and the dirty do not mingle, for a young engaged girl to get pregnant by someone other than the one pregnant at all, but certainly by the one she's engaged, not by the one she's engaged to, it would have been a, a, a stigma of shame that would have tracked with her for the rest of her life. The, the one heaven calls most blessed would have been called most sinful by so many around her. Mm. And, mm. and yet she was willing to bear this, willing to say it, to, to carry this. And she says, May your word to me be fulfilled. Yeah. May your word to me be fulfilled. Just, just weigh those. May your word to me be fulfilled. I wonder if there's somebody in this room who need to hear that. May your word to me be fulfilled. Whatever that is. And by the word, it is just replace word with promise. May your promise to me be fulfilled. To a nation like Israel that was exiled in Egypt, that word to them was a promised land. God promised to take, he will take people from their captivity into freedom. And to, to a children that say, may your word to me be fulfilled. I don't know where you are, maybe you are also in your own exile. You are just living your mind, detached from the reality of what it is, or the day to day. And maybe you need to hear those words and, and it to be like Mary to declare those words. May your word to me be true. It's a, for, for what maybe for many of us it's a prophetic word that I've been said over you, a prophetic word. Maybe your mom and dad had a dream for you. They prayed for you since you were a baby. And it seemed like as you go through life, it feels like you're losing touch. You're losing your balance. You, you're not sure again if you're going to make it. But to everybody who is sitting in the valley of the shadow of death and wondering if there is a future, the word of Mary resonate through time. 
may your words may be true. And Mary is also seen as he, uh, in many ways, is an, uh, she is a representative of the church that have Christ. Because they say, if God is your father, the church is your mother, historically they say, in the sense that when they, they mean church, they, or they call it the Holy Catholic, I mean, it's not Roman Catholic, it's Catholic, I mean the universal church from age to age to age, they in, that include all the angels, it's, it's like the sense that God is in her, and God is in us, and that if there is any promise, any word, prophetic word over your life, know this, let it be, may your word to me be fulfilled. What a prayer. And, 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 and I think, for me, as we come even to concluding this homily, praise and worship, please come forward. I want to just say, for me, Joel, I feel like saying this, Lord, do unto me anything you want to do with my life so that I can do anything you have for me. Do to me whatever you please. Mold me. Break me. I am the potter. You are the clay. And this Christmas to me, that's my prayer. Mold me. Do whatever you want with me. With my body, my mind, my soul, whatever it is, so that you can do anything. Because the touch of God prepared me for the walk of God and the work of God. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. This, this really is the pathway to, to the answer to the question I asked. Is, is there more? Uh, and the way to more, it, it, it goes through the valley of the shadow of death. It goes through the, the nothingness, the lowness. Uh, we all live in the pattern of Mary where we, we carry the promise and the life of Christ within us. But instead of giving birth to him, he is giving birth to new life in us. And that there is a promise for more. Uh, uh, back in 2005, eBay was still the way everybody was sh shopping online. Now it's Amazon and all the other good stuff. Uh, but back in 2005, there was this eBay auction. And the title of the auction on eBay was, Let Stephen King Kill You in His Upcoming Book. And they were bidding for the chance for you to be, for your name to, to be given to the, one of the characters that Stephen King was going to kill in his book. And you would be immortalized forever by this great author's work, even though you were getting killed off. And there were 76 bids for this, and the winning bid was 25,100 American dollars. For $25,000, somebody got the honor to be killed by Stephen King. They were immortalized in black and white in his best-selling book uh, for as long as books last. And the promise of Christmas is again the, the inversion of the way the world works. That there is a book of life and your name is included in it because Christ first died for you. For Christ was killed at the hands of another so that his life could be birthed in you forever, for eternity. You would know life with him. And that at Christmas, uh, you get the gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Life eternal through Christ. I like that. Christ come for you. Sometimes you just need a companion, one to walk with you. And he comes to walk with you and talk to you and tell you that you, 
you are his own. And so, no matter what you're going through this season of your life, never forget the truth about the coming of Jesus to you. He is a soon coming king. He comes for his own. He comes to heal and redeem. He comes to deliver you. He comes to give you hope. You are never alone. He said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, believe in me. Trust me. He said that in my father's house, there's many mentioned. If there wasn't, I would have told you. But he said this. You trust me and trust the process that is happening in your life. Trust the process. Let them work on you. And so the word of those songs, Silent Night, is so appropriate as we prepare for to break bread and to end now a service with just breaking bread and celebrating together. Silent Night, Holy Night. Let's sing it together.